It is March 27th, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. You really need to watch that on YouTube if you're just listening. Uh, to so the video I know I said podcast. I was just going to do special cocktails for Atlanta United wins, but considering the fashion in which they lost in a complete beatdown smoke show, I figured I would do the smoked Negroni tonight for mm-hmm. the Atlanta United defeat. <laughs> yep, we were rel- well and truly smoked <laughs> on that game. Oh, man. I really thought we were going to be better than what we were. <laughs> yeah. Somebody cue up the playback of like, why is Tim going? Why is, why is everybody so afraid of Columbus? They, they've not done anything. Just play it on the loop. Um, to those of you tuning in, uh, thank you so much for doing so. You will recognize that we are without Tim tonight. Um, thoughts to him and his family. Just uh, got some personal stuff going on, but he will be back. So uh, Dan and I will be here to commiserate together and uh, break down all of the events that transpired over this past weekend, of which there were a lot and unfortunately not a lot in Atlanta's favor. <laughs> yep, that was an absolute garbage performance. I haven't seen us play a worse game, I think. Um, yeah. To the, to the scoreline, I mean – I keep on seeing the tweets like it's the biggest loss in Atlanta United history. And it's like, well, you know, it's not going to be the last time that we ship six goals. I mean, it's just because yeah. we're seven years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, to Richard Gordon's point. It is not that we lost, but it's how we lost. And uh, I cannot agree more. And, you know, it seems to be that way more times than not. Like, I don't think many teams lose by just, I say just, but by just three or four goals. There seems to be like a precipitous drop off though. Like once a team is down by three goals, it seems to snowball really quickly into that like five, six, seven goal stretch. If you're not careful, it'll, it'll just get away from you and it looks really bad. And the performance absolutely showed that. And, you know, it was, I think it was really – had this happened last year, we'd be like, oh, yeah, par for the course. But because Atlanta's been playing so great this season, and regardless of it being an international break and Almada being out and Robinson being out and Yakamaki's being out, you still expect them to be better than losing by five points on the road or not. Like, come on, right? Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, we don't – I agree. I mean, I felt like Columbus had a lot of their spine taken out with Celery Ambay out, uh, Deganak being out. They got Eloy Room being out. <laughs> um, 
who else? And Cucho Hernandez was injured. Yeah, I, I really felt that they they were there to be taken, regardless of uh, of our lineup. I guess we got a little bit too cute with who we started in the end. Um, but I mean, you're going pretty deep down in the depth, and I honestly thought our depth was better. I thought Arujo was going to be better. I thought Sadich was going to have a better night. Um, but you're right. It, it was. As soon as we got the, I think it was the third goal, and Brad Gizan mentioned it uh, in his in his presser afterwards. Like they basically just gave up; they just threw in the towel, heads went down. There was there was no trying. But right. even though when I saw Parada score that goal, which ended up being offside, I was like, "Oh, that's it! It's on! Comeback's on, baby!" But of course, that three was more it. in ten minutes. Let's go. Yeah, I'd I'd had like a whole bunch of bourbon by then. So yeah. <laughs> Six five, six five. Oh no, seven six. That would have been yeah. Seven six. Yeah, it was. Um, it was ugly, man, and and it was at every position. Like you said, it was like you expected at least positionally to be better than what the sum of their parts may have been. And I understand that, like with the rotation, and you've got uh, a different dynamic in that sort of middle three of Sadich and. Sosa and um, Ibarra there trying to figure out who's really going to fill in that role of of pressing versus holding up play and containing and and figuring things out. But you still expect them to be better than what it ultimately ended up being because regardless of them trying to figure out what their roles were, none of them did anything. I feel like it, it, they just all got lost in space time and time again. And Columbus just had their way through the midfield. And again, at every position, it was like, even with Atlanta United losing in the past, for whatever reason, they still somehow managed to, to claw out the possession battle and, and maintain possession at the very least in, in some semblance of control in the game through that metric alone. And they didn't they couldn't even contain the ball. It was like they would they would get the ball and immediately be dispossessed, or just they were playing clearances out of like it was just it, it was baffling to me how this team played at every level this weekend. Yeah, it was just like um, that old guy you met a few years ago at Johnny's Hideaway. He just had his way with with us. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I mean, it's not it's not all on the defending, even though the, the defending was absolutely terrible. I I just rewatched the highlights, and on it seemed like every goal Parada was just looking around. I don't around. know how many balls they had go across the floor from one side Missed of the, the 18 all the way to the other across the face of goal, untouched yeah. through yeah. four players. Yeah. It was it was bizarre. It was it was so so bad. I mean, Noah Cobb 17 was starting at a center back. That's I mean, I feel bad for the kid. I don't think I don't think he could have arguably done. I mean, center back is such a difficult role. You've got to have so much really experienced to be so impactful. So, man, it, it was it was just being let down all over the field. Really, uh, I mean, what? It, I can't believe our, I'm looking at the ratings on who scored. Aruju is our second, oh, third, fourth, fourth highest player. I don't think I remember him touching the ball that no. much. I mean, I know no. he did. Uh, he had some dribbles, and I. I think he went down the flank a few times but i mean good gosh 
he really worries me. I feel like after the game, his stock is really far down. Well, especially because um, that was, I mean, we talked about it last week. Like out of every game so far to date this season, it's like there's been these other marquee players or positions that have sort of outshined his ability to really stand out because almada has been that good. Caleb Wiley's been scoring a ton of goals. You know, Yakamakis is coming in and, and gets on the end of his goal and everybody else is sort of outshining him. It's not that he's been bad per se. He certainly had moments that were less desirable than others, but overall he's just been sort of lost in the mix. And you're right, Dan, like that game should have been his game to really increase his stock a bit and sort of be that standout and be that sort of lead player that yeah, the team can sort of rally behind. And he just wasn't it. He see, he just seems so emotionally fragile. Yeah. Like he, he's a definition of a flat track bully. I mean, he's going to bully the weak opponents. And if anyone punches him in the mouth, then he's, he's, he's done. He's, he's, he's had enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we're, five games in so still a lot of season left to be played but if it goes on similarly for the rest of the till the summer i surely they're looking to to move him and just like not i don't mean let's not kid ourselves he's not going we're not going to make a profit if he goes in the summer no but especially it's, whenever, it's like yeah. opportunity costs with the dp spot so yeah and it, well the the bad thing is that Almada is going to set a new transfer record and whatever profits that you've accrued through his transfer is going to almost be completely nullified by a loss on Almada at this or at, on uh, Aruju at this rate, you know? Oh, I, I think, no, I think we're still. Yeah. I, I was saying it tongue in cheek, obviously. <laughs> so to Chris Fillingham's <laughs> point, is so we're it paying a, people to take him? <laughs> yeah. Is it, um, to Chris Fillingham's point, is it a depth issue or are we really that bad? Do you think? I, I think that, I mean, it was so bad, like everything was bad. I don't think, I think you play this game 10 times. This is like the 10th yeah. outcome. Uh, I think it, I mean, things like, just fell like, it's like when we beat uh, New England 7 0. I mean, everything kind of, lined up stars aligned for us to get a scoreline like that i feel like the same was was true for this game i mean we had a ton of injuries just basically did not went out there got punched in the mouth once and that was it mm-hmm. and we barely had anything to push against it was um i think oh sam so sam jones has this whole thing uh that he got from interviewing garth Lagoy about uh I think Lagoy wants it to be like nine two. So that means you have nine starting caliber players and two who are um less less than starting caliber. And so I think he from this lineup that we had, it was like a it was like a seven four or something, which is really bad. It drops way below the average. Yeah. So we're, when we're so low, and I don't think um Columbus had that. I think they were probably closer to a nine-two. I mean, just everything aligned up. The mentality, um, zero leadership from the back. Braguzan saying they didn't even do stuff that they worked on all week in practice. Yeah, it was just an absolute garbage fire train wreck uh, of a performance. I really. just I don't know how as a team 
like, what do you take away from that? Like, what's the conversation in the locker room coming off of a game like that? To your point, it's like, yeah, this probably is the one match out of 10 that sort of goes that way in the way that it did. But even still, you can't forget the fact that it's not one game out of 10. It's one game out of five. It's a small sample size. Yes, you pick up and walk away from it. But at the same time, it's like, you know that these players are not going to be here long term and potentially not even through the end of the season and the pieces that are going to remain are what we saw this past weekend and that's the performance we got out of them like how do you sort of pick up and recalibrate after something like that i think it's a kick i think it's a punch in the gut you know you you have (laughs) we're at the nadia so you have nowhere else to go but up i think Mm -hmm. i mean all of these players probably i mean i even got up sunday morning i was like oh my god did that really happen i mean imagine these guys playing on the field like oh that was yeah that was my career that i put out there and and it was awful right (laughs) i mean there was there's very little if anything positive i feel like and and normally there's something for me to take positive out of a game whether it's a a player that's gotten some meaningful reps or you know, uh, a play here or there, but by and large, man, it was just like everything from, I mean, just the pace of play, the possession or lack thereof, a lack of passing, a lack of pressing or containing defensively, a lack of any sort of, uh, you know, offensive playmaking or, or development whatsoever. Like any sort of attempts were just long ball sent over the top that maybe somebody got on the end of because they were clearing it out on the defensive side of the ball. Like, you know, the midfield was Swiss cheese that Nagby was able to just hold the ball and walk up and down from 118 to the other almost untouched, you know, taking on two and three guys single handedly. It was just it was awful, man. Yeah, it was it was terrible. But then, I mean, the reverse is like last week we played yeah, the, one of the best games we've ever right. seen. So I feel like the squad as a bunch of people have more so the better performance in them. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be shocked if we field this lineup again this season. But I would hope not. Break. I would so hope not. I take, I take solace in that, that, you know, we're going to have Miles back. You know, there's Abram who's potentially um, could be a starter. I, you know, the, the thing that really worries me right now is the Gutman injury. Yeah, um, how that goes down could be really um, affect the squad. Have in they general. said anything officially yet? I haven't seen anything. I've heard it was a groin. That's, That's what, what I heard as well. Um, but and I've heard those are a few weeks, which yeah. like, I guess a groin is better than a hamstring. I'm not sure. I am certainly no physiotherapist. So there's yeah. The- to Brittany S's point, I think that's the, that's ultimately what I mean by like how do you, what do you take away from this? Is it's like I don't know how the team doesn't go into that game motivated with the opportunity for everybody to really have that standout game, and so you know if that was their motivated performance to really have a showcase game, and that was the product, you know that's what that's what's disappointing. It's like they just had no fight in them whatsoever in that game. Yeah. Like. Well, I don't. Th- I don't think it was though. I don't think it was. I mean, I understand what the. As I understand your point, it's you know, guys having an opportunity, you know, to put yeah. your stamp 
on the squad. But as soon as that first goal went and the second one and third one came yeah. in pretty quick yeah. succession, then it's like, you know, game over. And all the momentum was was <laughs> was over on Columbus. We had what? Oh, it was the entire match. Yeah, it yeah. was it was on their side of the entire match. So yeah, I think we had three shots on goal, or yeah, I think we had four shots total and only two on goal or something like that. Yeah. I was relieved to get to halftime with just being one nil down. But then when so you think, you know, you're gonna have a good team talk, we'll come out, we'll try yeah. again. Yeah. And then they immediately scored and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. So it it's it's really tough. Like I said, uh, it's, but it's, it's, I think they use this as an experience of saying, well, this is how we don't play. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, oh, I, I just don't know what you really say or, or take away from it. Do you, you know, to, I mean, Brad Guzan, like you said, had mentioned that they didn't even practice what they didn't even do what they had practiced and trained all week. You know, they just were doing the simple things wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no excuse for a ball going past four defenders completely untouched from one side of the 18 to the other, not just once, but multiple times leading to multiple goals. Like, I, I don't know how you excuse or, or deal with that on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. On, within the context of the game. Yeah. But I feel like outside of this, I feel like against the Red Bulls, we're going to have a better performance. So, what are your so what are your expectations for that? I guess moving um, on because I don't know that I've got anything else to say about uh, <laughs> the game this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I feel like we need to acknowledge Eric Lopez getting soaked in. I feel that's True. kind of that that goes with this game, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're Brooks had a goal, it wasn't a shutout. I guess that that's the positive from this game. It wasn't a shutout. Brooks right. does get a goal, um, a scrappy little goal, and uh, if not for that offside flag, uh, Parada would have had a second. But um, yeah, I mean, there's some light to be shined on this. I don't know if the the Lopez playtime is one for me personally, but <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I- I mean, I couldn't even remember the last time I'd seen Lopez in a shirt, in an Atlanta United shirt. Or Tyler Wolf. I mean, Tyler Wolf yeah. came on. Yeah. Yeah. He's been with the squad for a long time, and a Johnny Fortune has more minutes than him. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. We're, I feel like there's a lot of things that are lined to make this performance what it was. I mean, it's not. I feel like a performance like this is not sustainable with the quality in the squad that we actually have. No. I mean, even at Atlanta United's worst seasons, it's not like they were drumming up 6-1 losses regularly or at all. You know, this is right. the this is, like you said, this is the exception, not the rule. And yes, it's right. a fluke and and I hope and really sincerely would like to think that it'll be a humbling experience for the team to build off of and springboard going into right this week with a much, you know, different set of circumstances in front of, in front of them. Um, and I don't expect them to have that same performance with their key pieces back in the lineup. It's just more so concerning for the potential 
and the subsequent inevitability that that lineup will likely be the lineup at some point in time in the future based on player turnover, you know, or injury. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean it's not it's not going to be the same. Yeah. That have gone through this experience. Yeah, that's true. So, um I think it puts a lot of pressure. I mean, it still does. There's going to be a lot more fan expectation on when we play the Red Bulls next weekend. So I feel like you really want to get three points here. Luckily, it's back in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Saturday we, play, we play them much, much better in Atlanta. Still, um, Have we still never beaten the Red Bulls in the regular season? Correct. We yeah. have never beaten them. We've drawn twice, I think. Uh, but that is it. And it's pretty, ooh, pretty damning. I do have another highlight from this past weekend. Go for it. Almada scored. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh! Yeah, wasn't in an Atlanta United kit. Yeah, I mean, holy! Have you seen like videos of like just the you know Messi went to a restaurant and they're like piling all around the restaurant and he can't even he can he can barely get in the front door. No, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, I, and there's if you saw the start of the game against Panama, yeah, all the team and the whole stadium are like just praising him, like he's That's a god. Crazy. That's, I mean, crazy, it's like, yeah. I mean, it depends where you put your faith, and when you put your faith in, in people, you know, some things happen, but that was kind of like the first time in my life. I mean, I love soccer players and like England yeah, and maybe yeah. if England won the World Cup I'd be in the same point but I was like wow that is a a very weird I can't imagine thing I can't doing. imagine what that does to your psyche yeah well luckily he's a pretty humble guy and has stayed pretty humble but still career, it's but still just it's like I mean he is literally untouchable he could probably go and do some heinous crime but he would be okay speaking of soccer superstars i don't want to ruin too much of anything but have you watched the uh latest season of ted lasso or the latest episode oh yeah yeah well i watched it last night with zaba yeah yeah the 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 parallels to a certain somebody uh was it's been really great to watch so yeah i was really disappointed with the first episode i was like oh but then this last one was like okay that's that's much better yeah yeah so uh okay so looking ahead to red bulls what are your thoughts uh okay so red bulls they've played they opened the season with orlando and lost one nil uh drew with nashville nil nil drew with minnesota one 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 uh beat columbus two one so columbus and columbus were leading in that game at one point in time if i'm not mistaken uh probably i believe so and then um, they just drew with Charlotte one-one. Uh, it was interesting, like just looking at the stats. I mean, they are, it's funny looking at some of the pass maps, like the typical ones. Like everyone's pretty much joined together. It's kind of like a a pentagram with, um, you know, a big triangle where the goalkeeper is. And then you look at Red Bulls, and it's like maybe four direct passes from the goalkeeper all the way up to the striker. It's just <laughs> such wow. a bizarre passing map because that's what they do, right? They don't care about that. They just want to go, 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 press, 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 turn over, turn over, they go to goal. Um, I mean, that's what we do. We've seen it a million times. Um, 
Atlanta United in the past have not been successful in being able to pass out the press unless it's, you know, uh, the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Then you can beat them all day long. But, I mean, so Charlotte had 74% possession. Red Bulls 26. But Red Bulls still managed to put six shots on goal to Charlotte's one. So you know they're pretty efficient with the with the scraps that they get, just like a certain St. Louis team who are undefeated through five five games. So there's a lot of that. I mean, the Red Bulls. It's just tough always playing Red Bulls because they play the same way. I feel like there's some sort of like mental block that we have against them, but. Yeah. There's we're gonna have our full squad back up to strength. I'm really interested to see how Almada and the rest of the guys can uh, well see if they we won't have our him. full squad, right? We don't think we're gonna have Gutman back. Well, that's true. Uh, but it's then does that are you gonna push Caleb Wiley back in the left back role? And then I don't know, man. I didn't like what I, I did not like what I saw out of him at, in left back during. I mean, again, talk about it being a one-off game and everything else, but the little bit that I saw of of Wiley in the left back role, I mean, I don't know what other what other what other options there are. To your point, I think it's gonna have to go that way. Wiley at left back and then Etn up top, uh, yeah. left wing. But I think it's gonna be more defending for Brooks Lennon. Yeah, which I mean, he's not a greatest defender, but. I think that's probably, or if you can have, um, <laughs> I mean, one option is you can always have Sosa there or midfield to be able to drop back into a back three and you can still push him up there. But it, I'm interested to see, surely, if if he's going to be in that role just to get him on the field as another attacker, then yeah. him, and it'd be interesting to see how him and Etienne combine yeah. Yeah. Uh, up the left the left back because i mean caleb's strong caleb's fast caleb can cross the ball i mean he's he he really is becoming a um a, an excellent player so i would i would look for a way to find to get him on the field so yeah maybe it maybe the Goodman injury does help solve a little bit of a problem but it's gonna be obviously i don't want Goodman on the field yeah yeah no i agree um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Bruno Kubas. So is this an excuse to switch Parada for Abram? How did he, um, does anyone know how Abram did in, um, Peru? Did I do play? not. Um, I can look, I mean, so long as miles is good to go, you play miles, right? Yeah, always, absolutely. You know, Texas and you play miles. Absolutely. Um, do you give Prada another go around? I mean, he really, I would see how, I guess you could see how training goes. I mean, surely he's going to be chomping at the bit to. I was going to say, if you're talking about giving somebody another chance after last week, it's like, you're going to have to set the entire lineup with that logic. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not play Abram? I think I think Parada stays in. Um, I, I think if it's not broke, don't fix it from the stand up uh, or the position of a lineup before that Columbus match, where you try to get back to 
where the team was sort of forget that Columbus game and just try to build on where they left off before the international break. You know, the team's still sitting in third in the East right now, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, I think we're fourth now. Fourth, you know, still off to a great start um, positionally. And you've got a lot of really positive things to build on outside of this last match. Um, And if you've got 90, 7% 7% of that lineup back in and in, in retention with the exception of Gutman, I think that's a good place to be and to continue mm-hmm. that path forward. You know, even if that means Sosa's not getting the start, I, I think that's totally fine. You know? Um, oh, absolutely. You play Sadich and Ibarra have played really good yeah. against Charlotte. So I yeah. would absolutely start those two. Um, I, I I think it's I think it's uh, Bruno Kubas actually asked that um, Seda Chibara or Josetu and Ibarra. I think Seda Chibara personally. Um, yeah, Seda Chibara. Yeah. So I mean, as long as it depends. I mean, Josetu played well when he was not injured and started the season. So I think, yeah, start Seda Chibara and then you can always sub in Rosetto if you need to. Yeah, yeah. And Elliot even kind of echoes that too. That his thought is that Sadich is a little better than Jose too, and, and I I tend to agree. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see too much of that lineup changing from what we had um, just a couple of weeks ago. I really don't against Portland, yeah. um, except for the Gutman stuff. So I think, um, yeah. So I was incorrect. We are third in the East. Uh, we've got ten points. <clears throat> We've still got a goal difference of plus three, which is great because we are tied with everybody else. Plus three is the highest goal differential that is there. I mean, New England's yeah, plus first seven was looking really two. good, though. It sure was, but you know. Uh, so I'm not panicking. I think. No. We just go again. Yeah. No. We just got to reload and get back to business. You know, get everybody back home. I'm glad that we're not having back-to-back road games coming off of that. That at least helps. Everybody can kind of get back in, back indoors, um, <laughs> and and kind of work this thing out, you know, and like try to rein it in a little bit. And you know, this yeah. will be interesting to see how Pineda handles it and handles the locker room and tries to handle some of the team mentality and focus. And I think you're going to find out really quick on Saturday where the team stands because that was the other thing like that Columbus match there was never a moment throughout that game where you thought that Atlanta was really fighting to get back into it you know right they, they exactly. never from the from the first touch of the game they were never going after the game they mm-hmm. just they came out flat they seemed just you know, Brittany, I said it, no fight, whatever it is, whether they were just sort of, I don't want to say intimidated. Um, I don't think that was it, but whether they were just uncomfortable because of the lineup changes and what the team was being asked to do and maybe hadn't been used to that, or they were just, I, I don't know what it was, but in any case, I think that what you're going to see Saturday and that first 90 seconds of the match is going to tell you everything you need to know for the next 90 minutes of it. Um, because if Atlanta comes out the way that they were, um, 
against Portland or in the other home games this season with a really fast-paced, high-pressing uh, attack going after everything against a Red Bulls team that wants to do the same thing and really forcing the issue on them, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup um, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how we do against them. I've been looking to kind of looking forward to that. It's like that one I want to see, and I really want to see Red Bulls play St. Louis, but that's not happening this this. So season. what do you think about St. Louis, man? I mean, have you watched any of their games? I mean, we've all seen the highlights. We've all seen the score lines. I mean, first, if if I think it's the first expansion team to come in and win their first four or yeah, five, but, whatever it is now. That's correct. Um, and and doing it in convincing fashion, even if they are getting really strange back pass goals from defenses <laughs> on a regular basis at this point, that it's yeah. like it's kind of unnerving and and seems a little scripted at this point. <laughs> but nonetheless, like man, you got to love it for the league, right? But at the same time, it's like, do you love it for the league? <laughs> this team just comes in and lights it up year one. Yeah, I, I feel like it's. When teams come in where they have players that are pretty unknown, like like when Atlanta came in the league, you know, there were, there were yep. some guys who were known around the league, but I feel like we had a lot more guys who were not. Oh, yeah, especially um, whenever you consider Joseph Martinez's stint before he came here, and he got kind yeah. of rode out on the rail, more or less. And the the advantage that you have when you're a new team coming in is you're really not beholden to many of the the – you've got a lot of flex in the salary cap. So the other, th- and you'll have a manager in place. Uh, and then also you can literally build the team for the specific system that you want to play. And you, you know, you're not dealing with legacy contracts that we've been dealing with that, that Lagerway has been dealing with this off season. And we're st- we still have some of those. Um, so it's just a, a, more advantageous to you. So I think that St. Louis have built a really good squad together and Klaus has totally fits the system to a T. Yeah. Uh, And he, I mean, he's, he's always like 10 feet tall and is like from Brazil, carries an Italian passport. (laughs) What did, uh, what did Tim text us the other day about Klaus speaking of which? And he's, I mean, he, and he can just take advantage. He's fast and he's, he's the, the Wikipedia, uh, personal life born in Brazil. Klaus is of German descent through Mm -hmm. his father and Italian descent of his mother. He holds an Italian passport. (laughs) He's just sounds a little, uh, suspicious there. Nothing to see here. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's just I mean, they've been they've been very good. I mean, you can't if they keep this up, there's nowhere, no way that you can dismiss this. Yeah. So Elliot Beaven, Atlanta needs an attacking midfielder like Almada. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is when um, I've seen people like when Almada gets sold in the summer, then this is what we've got. Well, it that's not quite the same. We would have, you'd still have Yakumakis, we'd still have Miles Robinson, you know. I mean, I do think when Omada goes, there is no backup plan, but hopefully we, he can just sign a uh, pre contract and then be able to leave in the winter after we've won MLS yeah. Cup. 
That'd be great. That'd be great. So, um, so I know we're keeping it cut to a, a kind of shorter show here tonight. Um, any other thoughts? I guess we should do score predictions for this weekend. What are your thoughts? Um, Atlanta hosting the Red Bulls this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's the eternal optimist. I'm going to say a 2-1 Atlanta United win. I think Atlanta still has a little bit of a hangover from this past weekend. I don't think they quite get it done. Um, I still think they score a few, but I think that there's still a few too many holes in that backfield. I'm going to say a 2-2 two, two draw. Ooh, 2-2. Two, 2-2, two, two, nice. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what to think of uh, Gutman being out, um, how Wiley drops back, uh, obviously Parada and the issues that he had. I think that offensively we get back on the right foot. I think that two-goal number that, that you put out there is the right the right number for Atlanta. Um, but I just I don't know how we line up defensively against a team that's going to want to high press and that struggled a lot this past weekend. Um, I I just don't know. I really don't. I think, I think, um, I mean, Red Bulls have only scored four goals. Yeah. So perhaps that helps us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got a couple trickling in here. Um, Brittany S, uh, two, one Atlanta echoing your sentiment as well as Richard Gordon here. 2-1 2-1 Atlanta. Uh, Bruno Kubas also calling for the draw. 1-1 Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like it. I mean, I know Brittany S is always the eternal OG. She has always been here. I feel like Richard Gordon's been here a lot more recently. Yeah, yeah. And Mills is turning in on uh, tuning Mills, in yeah. on uh, on Twitch the past couple weeks too. Man, he's the he's the Twitch warrior over there. So uh, Mills coming in also echoing the two two prediction here. Elliot Beaven also coming in with the one one uh, call as well. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, hopefully, my MLS season pass. Will figure itself out. I, I don't know what's going on with. I it, don't man. know what. It's literally that I went back and pulled up the the Portland replay. Every other really? replay, like I have no issues with any content. I don't know if it's because I only partially watched the Columbus. For, for those of you listening, I went back to rewatch the the match today, and I rewatched the first half um, on Apple TV earlier today and then whenever i went back to watch the second half i can i keep getting errors on it being unable to load the content and no matter what device i use i've tried multiple devices i get the same error for the replay um stream for whatever reason but i can load every other piece of content across apple tv and mls season pass for every other replay for atlanta united i can watch the highlights on the match from columbus i can watch regular shows on apple tv everything but for whatever reason because i only partially watch the replay maybe that's why but i don't know it's weird yeah that's weird uh bernie s saying oh that's a good one almada and gg for scores who you got i'm gonna go with a gg brace Ooh. <laughs> Bruno Kubas, did you turn on and off your TV? 
I didn't, but I did blow in another iPhone and like blew in mine and then tried to stick them both on the charger at the same time to see if that would help, but still no luck. Um, yeah, I <laughs> Richard Gordon Atlanta forced them to pull it down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I will say, um, because Almada's been so great with the link up play with Wiley, I think ETN gets on the end of one for his first, and it's a ETN for one and Yakamaki's for the second. I love it. So. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, in the meantime, where can they find you, Dan? You can find me at DNJMS. Find me as well at the architect. That's at the underscore ARC number one T E C T. Find the whole gang over on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before that's before spelled B in the number four. Um, be sure to like and subscribe. Hit that bell icon to get a notification each and every time we go live. I know we were a little late getting on here this evening. So if you hit that little bell icon, you will get a notification whenever we go live in circumstances like this evening, when we may be running a little behind schedule, or we may just jump on for a surprise show or two here or there. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Oh, short and sweet, Kev. Beautiful.